Welcome back to the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Today I'm gonna to be chatting with Kate from Venison for Dinner over on Instagram, YouTube. She really brings so much good advice. We're gonna talk about burnout. So you might have the goal of you know starting a homestead, but right now you're drowning in homemaking kids. So many different avenues that you can pursue, so many goals that you can pursue, and it can really feel overwhelming. So we're gonna talk about that. And I really admire her and the way that she has structured her life in order to avoid burnout, avoid overwhelm. I've noticed through following her that she seems to be able to really compartmentalize things, outsource things, and that is what I definitely discovered in this interview. And I really admire her lifestyle and I learned a lot, a lot of things that I personally want to apply instantly. So without further ado, let's dive into the interview with Kate from Venison for Dinner. My name is Lisa, mother of seven and creator of the blog and YouTube channel, Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. Well, hey, Kate, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you jumping on. I was thinking through the list of topics that you would have been a really good fit for. Honestly, I was like, gosh, I could have put her on just about any episode. But this one is something that I've seen you talk a little bit about on your Instagram. And so I thought it'd be really good for you to weigh in. We're going to talk about burnout and keeping a lot of plates spinning as a mom, homesteading, homemaking, homeschooling, and then you also have a business on top of everything else that, you know, requires a lot of your time as well. So I think we can really dive into a lot of it. So first, tell us a little bit about yourself, your business. When did you start? Did you intend for it to be a business? So I started Venison for Dinner 10 years ago. I started it mostly as a procrastination project. I started blogging. And I branched into social media and I enjoyed it, but I never successfully monetized it. I tried a couple times, kind of half-heartedly, but didn't get anywhere. So when our fourth kid was a baby in 2019, I told my husband that his job was too stressful and I was going to find a way for him to quit his job. And he was like, that's cute and I support you, but I'm going to keep going to work, right? <laughs> and... A year later, I launched, I so at that point, I kind of started YouTube, and it did some, but not a lot. And then I launched a subscription-based membership, and he quit his job a couple months later. It just took off. So he's been home full-time for two years now, and our business is almost completely digital. Everything we do is online, membership, ebooks, courses, uh, YouTube channel, it's a completely online, remotely run business. Yeah. And I I know that there's a lot of dynamic behind all of that. In some ways, it, it looks hard, but in some ways, it actually looks really easy. But there's a lot of planning and expectation communicating and like keeping everybody doing what they're supposed to be doing. There's its own set of challenges. I didn't actually realize that you were such a newcomer on all of this because I've I don't know. I started my blog in late 2015, early 2016. And then my husband quit his job in 2018. But I felt like I just thought you had been doing this for a lot longer. But you had a really quick turnaround with all of that. 
So it sounds to me like you started with the goal of making your internet presence, well, maybe not at first, but after a certain point, you made your internet business into a business that was the goal of you like picking up speed, starting the membership, Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I decided I was spending enough time on all this social media stuff (laughs) that I needed to treat it like a business and it needed to pay me like a business. Right. So I started like having set hours. Like I worked before my husband got up in the morning and then we had a deal that every other evening I would work because I couldn't just work every evening. We needed time to spend together. So the evenings I worked after the kids were in bed, he would go hunting or fishing or whatever. And then the other night we would hang out together. So we did this like back and forth and actually he liked it because he would just go hunting or fishing and he was happy. Yeah. (laughs) And I treated it like a business and I was able to grow it like a business. Once he quit his job, I then had to transition into working different hours. And I was so used to working for the last year or two on this morning and evening schedule. And now I'm like, I purposely don't work mornings or evenings. Like I have my set office hours. And I think it's a line between like compartmentalizing things, but not Mm -hmm. because what makes people like what I do is that I share real life. So I maybe am filming in this and that in real time, but I don't share it in real time. I have to compartmentalize when I'm putting that stuff online and when I'm interacting with people. Otherwise, you get caught in constantly just back and forth online and not in your real life. Right. And it can be really tricky to manage. And my experience was like yours where I was doing late nights for quite a while and then when Luke came home, it wasn't that we had all this like more time. It was just that we had our evenings back. I could devote time to my business that wasn't like these extreme late night hours. I wasn't necessarily getting anything more done. It was just <laughs> that it was in like more like hours that actually made more sense. When he quit his job, did you think like, we're going to have two people at home. We can get twice as much done. Like there's gonna be two adults here. (laughs) Did you think that? We did. Absolutely. We were like, totally. We're gonna get so much more done because there's two adults. We ended up just embracing bigger margins and having more downtime. We really value our mornings together. We don't get going on much of anything until like well, unless you count like milking and animals right. and all that till like nine in the morning, we have like a leisurely coffee and then we milk and do the animals. And my husband makes a big breakfast and then we do devotions. And like, it was after nine o'clock before we got doing anything else today. Yeah. So that sounds exactly how it worked for us too. So before that would have been all a very like structured and set time. And then we thought, like you said, that we would be able to get twice as much done, but now we do, we do mornings like that. And it was funny because Two years after my husband quit his job, my sister's husband quit his job because she was like, whenever my husband quit his job, she wanted to start the same business because she's like, well, duh, that's awesome. And so two years later, hers did. And she's like, we're going to have all this time, all this stuff done. I'm like, you just wait and see. Somehow, I don't even know how, but you don't actually have any more time. It's just the way you structure things maybe is a little bit different. I think you have more margin, which is more sustainable and less stressful. Although there's just different stresses now. Definitely. I know a lot of people, the the lifestyle that you and I have is very different. And a lot of times people are several years prior. So for example, they're a first time mom and they have maybe two little kids and they're trying to figure out how they can keep different plates spinning. And it's interesting to hear how the progression maybe happens over the years, because I don't know if, if you're like this, but that season felt really hard in its own way. And this one is just a lot different. Mm-hmm. So between home studying, homeschooling, home-based business, how are you able to keep 
all of these plates spinning? And that's kind of a loaded question. And we'll, we'll go further into each one, but what's your like short answer on that? My short answer is not everyone is given the same deck of cards in the same 24 hours. And when you are in that stage of like only little kids and your husband works full time, you really can't get much done. I outsource like, like every (laughs) possible thing I can outsource in my business. I outsource because I value that. Yep, Yep. And outsourcing is hard because you have to put up the money before you see the product of that. But for me, it's always paid off. Like even in my home, my mother-in-law is our nanny 12 hours a week. I had to commit to paying a nanny without knowing if it would pay off. But it has paid off. Having set office hours has been the best thing for our life. We've had that for close to a year now, probably 11 months. And I love it. Like, it's so, it, it allowed me to car- compartmentalize when people would be like, can I have a meeting with you? Yep, Tuesday or Thursday. You know, can I do this? Yep, Tuesday morning I'm available. You know, like I can just put things into those office hours so that I don't have the overflow of work into the other days of the week. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. What are your office hours? Did you mention yet what they actually are, how long they are? Tuesday and Thursday, nine to three are roughly, there's the odd time it changes. Like I'm taking kids to the dentist this afternoon, but I do six hours twice a week. Okay. Yeah. So 12 hours devoted to your business. I think mine structured a little bit differently, but it's still about that exact same amount of time. It's just more throughout the, the week in the afternoon. So a little bit less time, but more throughout the afternoon. But I actually, I'm tempted to try the way that you're doing it. My sister did that for a long time. She did just Mondays and it was just, she got all of her work done on Monday. If it couldn't get done on a Monday, then she wasn't doing it that week. And that's the thing about being self-employed is you can keep rolling it over like that. It's totally fine. And it wasn't something she had to think about all week. The rest of the week, she was just a mom, which was, you know, like very helpful to compartmentalize everything. I've tried a few different schedules. I find I do need two days and then not back to back. Yep. Because there is a certain amount of customer service that I need to do. And I can't always leave people for a week. When I've mm-hmm. accidentally left someone for a week, I really don't like that. Um, a lot of my customer service now, I can just forward emails off. So I will often walk by my computer and be like, okay, quickly forward off a few for someone else to deal with them. But I've tried like shorter office hours, like four hours at a time, but I find Mm -hmm. six hours just gets me into a different kind of groove. You can get into a different work zone. You can, after a few hours, take a break, eat lunch, and you still have a whole other few hours. Whereas like four hours, it's kind of this in-between of like, I don't overly have time to have a break, but I need to have a break or I'm going to crash. That actually makes a lot of sense. I, I feel like that could be something that I'm missing personally. So whenever you say that you do these two office hours, are you filming things for Instagram or like Instagram stories throughout the week and then just only posting them during that time or scheduling them out or sending them off to a VA or how are you making it more compartmentalized? So everything I film for YouTube and Instagram is very off the cuff. Rarely is there anything that's scheduled or planned or like a how-to. What does best for all my YouTube and Instagram is just day in the lifestyle stuff. So I film 
it all on my phone. Mm -hmm. These days, I don't even pick up my camera. I film it all on my phone and I film it all horizontal. Really? I post to Instagram during downtimes. Like, am I laying on the couch while the kids watch a cartoon? Am I on the toilet? Am I, you know, waiting in the car or something? That's when I'm posting to Instagram. And I just take what I've filmed for YouTube and I post little clips to Instagram and then I save the rest for YouTube and I put them all together into a big longer video. Okay. So we're getting a little bit into the weeds on like specific business stuff, but I'm just interested. Yeah. <laughs> and I do take pictures and such yeah. that are, you know, vertical and I'll take the odd vertical video if I'm like, this isn't really something for YouTube. You know, this is just something that's kind of going on on Instagram right now, but yeah, like my Instagram posting is not within my office hours. My office hours is content creation and editing videos and emails and let's see what's on my list today. I got to pay some bills. I got to make some phone calls. I got to email some things to one of my VAs. I got to... Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I know how fast 12 hours can fill yeah. up. <laughs> that would be absolutely no problem to fill up yeah. whatsoever. So... Have you ever had a time or times of complete burnout in any of the above areas? So homesteading, homeschooling, home-based business. And if not, how have you avoided that? But if so, what did you do to push through or maybe not push through? I had bigger burnouts when I had little kids and I was seeking perfectionism in places like how we ate or, you know, that sort of thing where you're seeking to have the perfect diet and you're holding yourself to these standards that are just really hard to meet and you're not balancing any moderation. Mm -hmm. um, so my fifth baby was born March, 2021. And about August, September, I got postpartum depression and anxiety. And that was the first time I'd ever experienced that. I had five kids and that was the first time I ever had. I honestly feel a lot of that was linked to the fact that I was working. Okay. That was the first baby I was ever working in my postpartum. You know, I took a bit of a break, but it's hard to take a break in this business. And I was also so fresh into it, I didn't feel I could take a break. If I had another mm -hmm. baby, I would take a big old break and, you know, hang the losses, right? Like, I know I could now, but my business was still fairly young then. So that was a real struggle for me. It wasn't until I kind of came out of that after a couple months that my husband was like, okay, you're feeling better. Okay, I can do things again. And I was like what do you mean? He was like, I've basically just been devoting to keeping you rolling. And then I started thinking about it. He would like deliver me food at my desk. He would be like, you know, even though his mom was with the kids, he would be doing other things. Like he was just like very devoted to keeping me going. So I'm very <laughs> thankful I had that support. He had seen postpartum depression in my sisters and his sisters. Like he'd seen it before, but it was the first time I was experiencing it but it wasn't a new thing for us. So he knew I needed lots of support and he was able to do that. And there was a lot of time where like, I would turn myself on and I'd do a video, this mm -hmm. and that. And then I would like turn off my camera and I'd go lay in bed for two hours. And he's like, I thought you were doing better because you have this happy face and you're filming. And I'm like, it's my job and I have to turn my face on and do it. Wow. So that was a huge thing for me. And then we were sick a lot this last winter. And I definitely struggled with getting behind and feeling like I was yeah. like, just like no content was ahead. I normally like yeah. to have content ready ahead of time. And I was like, just, just meeting my deadlines and that sort of thing. And that was really hard. And that feels very overwhelming because it, it doesn't leave you margin. Yeah. What do you suggest? So a lot of times I get 
somebody who maybe they're experiencing postpartum depression, or sometimes people just struggle to keep all of the plates spinning. They have a couple little children and they have a hard time keeping up with the housework. And then they look at people like you who have a homestead. Those kind of jobs keep going even when you're experiencing that, not even talking about the business, but just those kind of jobs. So what do you suggest Mm -hmm. in that situation if somebody doesn't have a whole lot of support or how can they approach that? So with previous babies, basically every time I'm pregnant, we have to downsize some animals. Like I remember one time going outside and my husband going, pick your favorite meat rabbits. The rest are going. The rest are meat. He was like, (laughs) give them away. I don't care. You can't handle this. Yeah. He's like, I can't do this. You can't handle this. Pick which are your favorite. We don't need to get any money out of it. I don't care. They need to go. So like those sort of things, like, you know, I've dried up a cow before because I just couldn't handle with the stress of pregnancy with milking, like that sort of thing. Yeah. So you definitely have to look at like, what do you actually have to be doing and what are you doing because you say you have to be doing it Mm. like personally i find milking like now that i have old enough kids that i can be like just go out and milk and i don't have to bring them with Mm -hmm. me like there's usually always kids with me but like i don't have to bring babies out in winter like we get minus 30 weather i don't have to bring babies out then right yeah so for me the schedule of milking is good for my mental health It makes me get outside and get fresh air and get my heart rate up once or twice a day, Mm -hmm. whether I feel like it or not. Right. Taking a break from this awesome conversation with Kate to tell you about today's sponsor, Tubes & Co. Organic. I recently had Emily on my podcast. She's the founder of Tubes & Co. to talk about things that are in skincare. So even our greenwashed appear to be organic, natural skincare products have a lot of things in them that can be very concerning, especially because when you put skincare on, so if you put on lotion or moisturizers or or even the makeup that we wear, it can actually make its way in through your skin and into your system. So we don't really think of skincare this way. A lot of times we worry about, or we try to source healthier food and water, but we neglect to think about things that we slather all over our skin. That's why I love Tubes & Co. They make these beautiful skincare products that not only are made from natural fats such as tallow from grass-fed cows, but also they work. They're the kind of skincare products that you would buy at an expensive department store, but yet they are all natural and organic. I've absolutely loved all the products that I have from Tubes & Co Organic. I also love to support a small family business made right here in the USA. You can check them out at tubesandco.com. Use the code farmhouse for 15% off your order. I highly recommend the charcoal bar for cleansing, the tallow balm, so moisturizing, and now I'm also loving the foundation. So again, tubesandco.com, use the code farmhouse. I like what you said though about what things do you think you have to do that maybe it's just you telling yourself that. I have a feeling that I put a lot of those on myself. So do you have any examples from your own personal life of stuff that you've cut that you're like, oh, wait, I didn't actually have to do that, but I thought I did. So before the last... I know it's not laundry. (laughs) Actually, my mother-in-law does almost all our laundry. That's part of her nanny job. All I have to do is put away my laundry. She does everything else. (laughs) Um, I, I throw on the odd load of laundry, but she likes doing laundry. Wow. So she does ours. She like at the end of my office day, the table has folded piles and everybody grabs their laundry and puts it away. 
So I did manage to outsource the laundry. Okay. Hey, (laughs) something I can think of is that, uh, when Marius worked full time, we didn't hardly ever get like takeout or anything like that. Like that was no, that never happened. And even for the first like year or so, but like in the last year, sometimes I will finish like a really stressful work day in the middle of a work week that, you know, like in the middle of a launch or something. And Marius will be like, Hey, I'm going to be driving past the pizza place. I'm going to grab pizza for dinner. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Like I'm a working (laughs) mom. Yeah, we can get takeout, right? Like, and then I saw these whole memes once where it's like, dad who brings home takeout. What a winner. Mom who brings home takeout. She's a failure. Like, mom in the grocery store with rowdy kids. Wow, she can't handle them. Dad in the grocery store with rowdy kids. Wow, what a champion. He brought his kids to the grocery store. Right. Right? Like this whole thing. But I've kind of just let go. Like we did the other day. I had a really busy day. And Mary says, like, what's for dinner? And I was like, uh, I was going to throw something together based on leftovers. And he was like, let's go to the food truck. And I was like, sure. That sounds fun. Right? And it's just one of those things that I've let go, like, thinking I always have to make dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say that... I am a working mom. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I've had some of the same realizations in the last couple years. I used to, like, if it got to the point where it was time for dinner... And we didn't have something like thought out or made. I mean, obviously that's nice to always have that, but I would feel really bad. And now I'm like, I guess we're eating eggs guys. I mean, or we're going to go somewhere or do something. I mean, we're not, this is not 100% on me. This is as a family, you know, we all can figure this out. It doesn't mean that I'm a failure. I will also say that um, I think guys are also offended or dads are also somewhat offended by that whole, like, if dad takes the kids to the grocery store, go him. Whereas the mom, you know, if hers are misbehaving, she's look down upon. I think dads also hate that the expectations are so low. This has been being brought more to my attention lately by a few Instagram accounts and then just like talks with my husband. They also, you know, feel like we can do more than than women think we can. <laughs> oh, you like Marius's mom will say about like one of his brothers only has one kid and his mom will be like, oh yeah, he's, you know, babysitting today. And Marius will be like, no, he's not. He's parenting his child. Yeah. <laughs> Like he's not babysitting, right? Oh, like he, exactly. that ticks him off. He will not. He yeah. will not allow that sentence. Yeah, my husband is the same. And I think, like for us, it's not. It's not like a last minute dinner thing. Like it'll be like mid afternoon. He'll be like, "Do you have a plan?" I'll be like, "No." He's like, "I got it. I'm gonna get pizza." Sure, cool. Like it's like if it gets to a last minute point, there's definitely just like we're just gonna eat whatever there's there. But actually, he in like March or February took over breakfast and. Because I go out to milk in the morning and then I would come home, come in and make breakfast or our oldest would make breakfast or like we back, go back and forth. And now he just makes breakfast every morning and it's really awesome. Like I eat way better in the mornings than when I used to make <laughs> breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Like he cooked bacon, sausage and eggs this morning. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> That's a really good way to do it. That's how we sort of structure it too. Right now, currently, he's milking and I'm the one doing that. But it was flip-flop before I had our last baby. And then over the winter, it got flip-flop because I didn't want to take the baby outside in the winter. And then it hasn't switched back since. But agreed. I think it's just refreshing for people Mm -hmm. to hear that you don't do everything. Because they imagine their current life, their current circumstances. And then on top of that, you have the homestead, the business, you homeschool. They don't 
imagine that maybe there's a little bit different structure to it all and that's how it all fits. It's they picture their life plus all of that and they think, wow, I must be just really horrible time management. Mm-hmm. And there could be some of that too, maybe also time management. But I think it's just refreshing to hear that you really don't do everything. I sit on the couch and drink coffee and think about going to milk Same. <laughs> for as long as it takes me to milk. Yep. Yeah, that's how our mornings look too. My husband doesn't milk only if I'm like pregnant or have a newborn, then he will milk, but he does all the other cow care and he just doesn't really enjoy milking. Like he keeps them watered and fed and their barn clean and picks up feed and all this stuff, but he doesn't milk. He doesn't like to milk. Yeah. Yeah. My husband never thought he would milk, but then it just was like, oh, I just had the baby. I guess you can milk for a few days. And then we never have swapped back, but maybe one of these days. So with your business, you already talked a little bit about this, but we can go in a little further. So how do you establish boundaries? Because I personally am just curious about your answer to this, because it's really hard to know where to draw the line as business owners, because there's always more that you can do. You could start growing a TikTok following, you could start a second blog, there's always so many different avenues that you could go. I mean, honestly, there's, in a way, you're drowning an opportunity with an online business. So how do you decide what's worth pursuing and what to say no to? Um, at this point, I definitely look at what is the payout going to be. Like, I'm not really doing things for exposure and that sort of thing. Like, am I going to enjoy it? Am I going to enjoy the process? Like this podcast is not going to necessarily make me any money, but I thought it would be interesting to have a chat with you because you're someone that I admire online too. And I thought it'd be fun to have a chat with you. So like, that's why I said yes to this. Whereas there's been other podcasts that I get invited to. And I'm like, I have no idea who this person is. They could have a million followers, (laughs) but I don't know who they are. I don't want to talk to them. No, thank you. I'm too busy. (laughs) So a lot of it is based on the enjoyment of the process for me. Like I stopped blogging because I hate the process. Yeah. (laughs) And it didn't make me very much money. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, in a way there's just some kind of intention behind it. You know, you, you realize that there are more opportunities, more things you could do. You could hire a writer for your blog, but then you'd have to manage that. You know, there's, there's always going to be more things you can do. And maybe you're saying that your priorities with you and your family and having more time to spend together just outweighs any amount of money. And at this point, you're just seeking to minimize a lot of that in your life. And you'll take on some things that are enjoyable, but say no to the rest. Yeah, it's definitely like, maybe it sounds crass to say like, will this make me money? But it's true. If I need to invest a bunch of time and usually money in something, it needs to have a payoff. Yeah. No, that doesn't, that makes complete sense. To me, it's interesting when people criticize a person who, you know, is building an online business that you'll only do things if they make you money. I mean, we we would just spend all day with our family if we weren't going, you wouldn't devote two office hour days a week if it wasn't going to earn you any money. That would make absolutely no sense. So with your business, how do you decide what to outsource? I mean, I think you pretty much said basically everything possible. <laughs> So the first thing I started making money on was YouTube and I started making $150 a month when I got monetized and I immediately put that into 10 hours a month of a VA who started overhauling and updating areas of my blog and 10 hours is not that much, but it's what I could just directly take that I was making the business and invest into it. I then hired a graphic designer to do things on the blog that I just was not capable of doing. 
my original VA left and I got a new VA <laughs> who, like when I do a recipe, I'll write up my recipe notes, you know, and like it, it'll, instead of baking powder, it'll say like BP and it'll be like mix wet, mix dry, mix together, 350, right? Right, right. <laughs> and then it'll be notes on like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like this was inspired by something my grandmother made and this like you know and I'll give her notes and that's what I send and she fleshes it all out. And like for my ebooks yep. too. She then fleshes it all out, makes sure all the measurements are in the same, you know, metric or imperial or like you know that sort of thing and like makes sure it's all even and goes over and makes sure I have apostrophes because I never have apostrophes. <laughs> and you know, she's just so great for that sort of thing. So then I have a bookkeeper who's actually my mother. <laughs> and she also is like the, my membership assistant. So she does a lot of the customer service for my members. She actually writes member content as well because she's a super creative, interesting person. And she does all my member emails. I do my regular newsletter, but she does my member emails. I also have Instagram help, which is recent. I have a friend who I met through Instagram who I have, I text with basically daily for years now. And I knew she spent a lot of time nursing a baby every morning or all day, really. And I was <laughs> like, would you be interested in doing Instagram messages? She does all the same things as me. She gardens, milk cows, animals, cooks from scratch. She watches all my Instagram stuff. So every morning before I go on Instagram, and she's actually in Missouri too. Oh, okay. She's then two hours ahead of me. She hops on my Instagram. She answers every message she can. There's rarely one she can't. Um, gives people links, does all the things. So I start the day with an empty inbox. And um, yeah, that has just been very freeing and gets rid of some of the time suck of Instagram. Cause like I enjoy Instagram and I want to help yeah. people in the DMS, but yeah. I do not have the time to help people in the DMS. Yeah. And it's clear from a lot of the, the messages that you get on Instagram that people aren't aware at how many you're getting. <laughs> it is, it's a challenge. Oh, like I saw one message my VA had answered. So the person was asking about this cow's body condition score and how to score it. And she said, look up this and this, and you'll be able to do it. This person sends back a couple of photos and says, well, here, you can do it. <laughs> yeah. And so then I just, yeah, I just reiterated, no, actually look this up and there's a chart and compare your cow to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it can be challenging. And I know based on my, like when I followed bloggers years ago before I was one, and the, the emails that I was just very unaware of the amount of emails and messages that they got. And so I didn't know better either. But um, yeah, at this point, I was I was actually thinking before I even said it, I bet Kate gets a lot of pictures of cows. Like that was the first thing. I get pictures of sourdough starter. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many pictures I get of sourdough starter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you probably would believe it, actually. But I get, oh, I, I get lots of sourdough questions, too. Okay. I don't get any cow pictures, but I imagine that you get so many, like, check out the udder. What do you think? Like, what's going on here? And I mean, I, I've sent you several DMs on cow questions. Literally just yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. 
I mean, you can't blame them. It's you have this knowledge and they're like, I have a direct source. Like, I can literally just message this person with any question I have. But that is why we create this content. We try to make it really searchable through our Instagram highlights and through our blogs and YouTube so that you can find all the answers. But it can it can be a lot. Taking another quick break from this conversation with Kate to tell you about the next sponsor, Redmond Real Salt. If you have a from scratch kitchen like I do, salt is something that will be a staple, something that you're reaching for constantly to ferment vegetables, to add into your sourdough bread and your homemade bone broths. It's important that you have a high quality salt. That's why I love reaching for Redmond Real Salt. They actually have offered a discount code for my followers, for the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast listeners. So you can go to bit.ly forward slash farmhouse Redmond. They have a huge bucket of salt that you can stock your kitchen with, which I highly recommend. I just did that so that I don't run out of salt. I find that I run out of salt at the worst times and then I can't continue on making dinner or making eggs, steak, burgers, everything needs a good salt. I'm, I'm forced to run to the store and just get something that is less quality. So though I recommend that, I also recommend some of their seasonings. They have an organic seasoned salt shaker. They have an organic garlic salt shaker, organic lemon pepper, onion salt, garlic pepper. So, so many great seasonings that you can use on the grill this summer lovely seasonings to go alongside your garden herbs to spice things up and make your meals more delicious. So again, head over to bit.ly forward slash farmhouse Redmond to get a discount and stock up on good quality salt. So what does a typical day in the life look like for you? Okay. So typical day in the life, I get up between six and seven and I make coffee and usually the babies are up then and usually Marius gets up then. Sometimes he burns the midnight oil and works until midnight. If so, I don't wake him up when I get up. And um, we wake up big kids by 7.30. I have five kids, if those don't, people don't know. The oldest is just about 13 and then nine, six, three, and one. So the big three get woken up by 7.30 and we head out to milk pretty quick after that. We milk, we do chores, we do some kitchen tidy up and breakfast is served by nine. We eat breakfast and usually do devotions then too. Then if it's an office day for me, that's when I go up to my office until three o'clock and I will pop down a couple times to get food or drink or whatever, but otherwise I'm in my office until three o'clock. On days when I'm not in my office, um, that's when you know, sometimes at this time of year, Mary and I'll go sit outside and enjoy tea or coffee for an hour or so because, you know, we live in a very cold climate and you need to enjoy the outside when you can. We work on our projects. We get what we need done. Um, my older two are starting to work odd jobs. So quite often it's seeing one of them either get picked up or yesterday I dropped off my oldest to power wash at a dairy farm for a few hours. Babies go down for nap in the afternoon. This time of year, we're getting what we need done. Outside chores, inside chores, and then going to the lake if it's a nice day because we have to take advantage of that. In winter, in the afternoon is when I would take on an extra project. Am I decluttering this room? Am I organizing this freezer? You know, that sort of thing. This time of year, I am not doing any extra household projects. I am outside as much as possible. Mm-hmm. One or two days a week, we have like a good chunk of garden time. 
where it's like, this is we're working in the garden right now. And we have family who come and help us in exchange for knowledge and vegetables. <laughs> so it's usually a set thing. And it's like, they're coming at three and we're working until six. And there's like four adults working and we just get lots done. So that's really changed our gardening this year because it's not like fitting in pockets here and there. It's like, we have a good chunk and there's four adults and we're going to get a lot of stuff done. So I basically don't have to garden the rest of the week other than when family comes over. Four o'clock, the, the big kids do all their animal chores and we do like a main floor tidy. We call it main floor tidy and vacuum. Everybody's got a room they got to pick up. Kids have different vacuum days. The kitchen gets back to square one. I finish up whatever dinner stuff I need to do at that point. And then the kids have free time then once their afternoon chores and animals are done. They usually are watching a movie because they don't get screens the rest of the day. Um, maybe they're playing a game on the computer. We eat dinner by six, we clean up the kitchen, and then we go out to milk by seven. And that takes about an hour to do all the afternoon evening chores. We don't rush on it. If we rush, we can take less time. We're currently milking two cows and one is fresh. So it's taking us a full 45 minutes to an hour right now. Oh, wow. <clears throat> then the big kids in wintertime, they would just go to bed right away after milking. Right now they get to stay up till 8.30 or 9 because it's light out. Um, I might water the garden, the greenhouse. We have a kitchen garden up at the house and I'm in charge of watering that and the greenhouse, the big crop row garden, various waters. So that's not my thing. But like the other night at eight o'clock, both of us were watering the gardens. <laughs> yeah. And then I like to read. We might enjoy a drink in the garden. Last night he was pottering away on the milking machine and I sat on my milking stool out in the barn and enjoyed a gin cocktail while he was doing that. <laughs> and then I like to be in bed by 10, but he's more likely to not be in bed till midnight. Yeah. Does he work on your business, like doing SEO or stuff like that, like for the behind the scenes of Innocent for Dinner? He does not touch computers except for to turn on his classic rock playlist. <laughs> okay. So farm work then? <laughs> He's the farm work. So like Marius's rough day yeah. in the life, like he gets up, he takes care of babies while we milk, he makes breakfast. He's right now working on setting up chicken pens and I forget what else is on his list today. Oh, and then he needs to go get some parts for the milking machine that he's fixing that don't come in till this afternoon. He makes sure cows stay watered and fed and he's building new fences right now. And he was talking about making a new quail run because there's like 30 quail hatching in my bathroom behind me right now. And that they're going to overgrow our current quail pen. Yeah, he does like more big projects like the kids and I do like the daily maintenance chores for the most part like on animals and such and he does more like the bigger projects although he does when I was pregnant with our fifth I couldn't shovel um, I was on bed rest and then I was on limited activity mm -hmm. so he took over mucking out the cows and feeding them and then I just never took it back right <laughs> <laughs> so it's been close to two years and I still don't clean out the barn yeah. he cleans out the barn yeah that's how a lot of our animal work has shifted too it's a lot of work. I mean, we don't even have yes. near the amount that you do, but yeah, it's still, our lives sound very similar. So we have honeybees and he refuses to do anything with them because he says if he starts, then he'll have to take it yeah. over. Yeah. So when I need someone strong to do it, he'll come help, but he doesn't know anything to do with them. He helps extract honey and that sort of stuff, but he's like, I don't work the bees because if I start, then I will be expected to continue. 
<laughs> Smart man, because that's exactly how it goes in our household, too. It's like all of these farm projects, it slowly always becomes Luke's job every time. And he he's fully aware of that. But it is that it, our lives sound very similar, the structures of the day. Now, you when are you doing a lot of your uh, cheeses and yogurts? And I know you're you spend a lot of time processing milk. Yeah, so I've been on cheese making break for the last month or so because we just didn't have extra milk to make it. But now this cow calved, although you still, you can't make cheese right away when they calve because there's still high bacteria count as they're like flushing out their udder and such. But it'll be on my not office days, most likely. Like I'll come in from milking and as soon as he's off the stove for breakfast, I'll get a pot going of milk to make cheese. And then I'll just be like tootling about on inside things. You know, maybe I'm prepping dinner and I'm this and that as I'm making cheese. In winter, homeschooling and cheese making go really well together because we homeschool in the dining room. This is right by the kitchen. So I can be back and forth and helping and consulting where needed. Evening cheese making works really well too. Kind of starting it around afternoon tidy up time too. Our last few summers have not been very warm. Like our average is like 75 and like with only a few times where we get to like 90. So there's never really a time the last couple of years where you have to like embrace a summer schedule. Like you can kind of work outside whenever you want. When we do get times where you like, you know, there's a time of day where it's really hot out, which we did have last week. It's like mid afternoon. It's like, okay, guys, it's hot out. We're getting all our inside stuff done. So when it cools down later, we can go do it you know, go work outside. So that'd be like a mid afternoon. I'd like make cheese, make butter, get yogurt going, that sort of thing. Mm, right. Okay. I kind of tend to like, if I have one thing I have to deal with, I'm like, how many things can I get going at once to make the most of the time that I'm in the kitchen right now? Right. Like I'm baking bread. Let's bake muffins. Let's get butter going. Mm -hmm. I'm already here stirring a pot of soup. Let's get yogurt going. Like I just, I'm always making more than one thing at a time. Yeah. I'm the same. Whenever I have like fed sourdough starter. I'm like, how many different sourdough products can we start right now? Because this is the, it's at its peak bubbly time and we could make, you know, so many things for the week if I just mm -hmm. do this all right now. So yeah, I try to do the same thing. So what tips or advice do you have for listeners who want a homestead or they want to pursue some kind of other goal, whatever that might be, but are overwhelmed and they want to know how can I like get started on these things without dropping a lot of other balls? So do you want the gentle or the harsh? Give it give it to <laughs> us. Blunt. Give it to us straight. Tell me how it is. <laughs> you waste more time scrolling Instagram than I spend making cheese. Ooh, you know what? You're the right. The average person probably does. <laughs> right? I scroll Instagram while I stir my cheese pot. Hmm. Like I'm already standing there stirring. I'll with the other hand be replying to messages. I might do a Q&A if I'm stuck there for a while. Like... You have times in your day where you are massively wasting time in a not restful and not productive way. Like make your rest rest and make your work work. That in between where you're just sitting and not doing anything, but you're also not resting your body or soul, they aren't helpful. Like if you need a rest, go lay down and read a book. Go sit outside and enjoy the mm -hmm. sunshine. You know, don't just sit on the couch and veg for hours and then wonder why you never get anything done. That's that's some really good advice. And honestly, it's stuff that I need to hear too. I feel like I get a lot done, but there's still I still don't make my rest as restful as I should. I like that same intention 
when it comes to rest that I have with work. I don't have any trouble getting work done. It's just my personality. What I have a hard time doing is sitting down and reading a book. Mm -hmm. And so I think we can take from that based on our personalities, all of that very blunt advice that you just gave, which is really good. Totally. And I delete social media off my phone. Yeah. From Friday after from Friday evening until Monday morning after milking. Okay. I don't have social media on my phone. And if I do like check Facebook on the computer, because I'm looking for something on marketplace, I do not feel obliged to answer any questions that I see in my notifications. I don't answer emails. I won't even check my email. There's the odd time I'll look at my email and be like, "Mm, maybe that looks important. But like, I'm not going and looking through my email unless it's an emergency that I see there. Like you have to just walk away. Mm -hmm. If If social media is your business, what business do you have to be there 24 seven? Right. Every business gives you breaks. That's such good advice. So needed. So what tips or advice do you have for listeners who are moms, homemakers, and business owners and are burned out? So maybe maybe people who have already gone and, and achieved some kind of goal, but now they're burned out. How would you encourage them to keep going? It's probably just the same advice. Like if you're at that spot, then you need to rest harder. So... I always called it survival mode, but then a friend's mom called it autopilot mode. You need to, if you're in a burned out season or you're like really pregnant, because that's the other thing. Maybe you're like, I spend so many hours laying on the couch and I'm like, girl, you're eight months pregnant. You're supposed to be spending hours laying on the couch. Like that's normal. That's good. You know, and what has to be done? You have to feed your people. Mm -hmm. And they probably should have clean underwear, right? (laughs) Like my grandma says in the morning, you get everybody fed and you feed the animals and then you make dinner. Then no matter what happens for the rest of the day, you have dinner. So when I'm in very pregnant or new baby mode, I literally finish breakfast. And while the kids are cleaning the kitchen, because that's where we're at right now, I'm making dinner. Like even if it's just throwing a frozen chicken in the crock pot. Yeah. We got that, yep. right? Like there's at least that. So, you know, what is your hardest time of day? You need to get that done sooner in the day. Don't make dinner at dinner time. Hmm. That is good advice. I actually did that this morning. I had a chicken in the oven before nine o'clock and we had to go all morning for swim lessons. And when I got back, you know, it was, it had been cooking a long time, but it was, we did it for lunch. And I actually already had all of the broth simmering and the potatoes cut up for dinner. So yeah, I agree with you. If you've got that hard stuff done at the beginning of the day, there's a lot that you can either get done or not get done throughout the day. And the hard stuff is behind you. So that's some really, really good advice. Oh, that was yesterday for us too. Two nights ago when I cooked steaks, I marinated Maui ribs at the same time and popped them in the fridge because I just, I was like, I'm taking out one pack of meat. Let's just take out two packs of meat. They're both thawed. One went on the grill. One went on a marinade. Right. And that ended up being a huge blessing because we got home from the lake yesterday at 445 and I realized that in order to get to Bible study on time, I needed to milk at 530 and it was 445. So I was like, Mac, fire up the grill. Right. He got the grill going. I ran and picked a salad. (laughs) We threw the Maui ribs on. They cooked. We warmed up a jar of canned potatoes with butter, had the salad dressing already made in the fridge, threw it all on the table. We were eating in Mm -hmm. 20 minutes. I was like, this was impressive. Like I had time to sit and finish a drink with Marius on the deck before I had to go milk. Right. And it didn't require any more time of you to get that happening at the same time, really. I mean, maybe just mere minutes and it made the next day so much 
smoother. Mm -hmm. I feel that you have a lot of good advice to offer and we could talk forever, but I also know that you have to get your kids to their dentist appointments. So thank you so much for joining me and taking the time out of your day. Tell us about where to find you and a little bit about your membership or anything, you know, like where people can follow up with more from Venison for Dinner. So I'm Venison for Dinner everywhere on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, venisonfordinner.com. Instagram is where we have the most fun. You know, that's what I think anyways. Yeah. <laughs> but there's lots to be found everywhere else. Uh, I have a membership where it's called Homesteading Without the BS. So it's <laughs> all things homemade. And you don't, you can live in an apartment or you can live on a thousand acres. We will meet you where you're at. And, um, we have information for everybody and we have information and we also have a really amazing community where like you can come home with your box of mason jars you got at the thrift store and all your family's like, you're weird. And we'll all be like, what a score, <laughs> right? Like we're here, we're here for you. And everybody is your cheerleaders in the insiders club. So awesome. That sounds like a really great community to be a part of. Well, again, thank you so, so much for, for joining me and sharing all of your wonderful advice that you've learned over the last, well, however many years you've been alive. So thank you. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Again, go check out Kate over on YouTube, follow along with her life over on Instagram, and I will see you in the next episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. <laughs>